And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 173, aka season 2, episode 41, uh, coming at you podcast only this week, uh, as MC is doing some other business and will not be joining us. Uh, So as always, I'm your host, Mr. Richie Rich, and I would like to start off by saying, uh, fuck movie pass and all that bullshit at this point. It is so much easier just to be a pirate and get that shit off of like torrent sites and the whatnot. I mean, it's 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 one of those things um, like before with music where they said, oh, no, no, if you if you do music right, people won't pirate it. People won't steal. People won't use services like, you know, Napster or LimeWire back in the day. And then along came Apple Music and it was like 99 cents a song. People go, people will pay 99 cents a song. Um, and that may have been true, um, for music. So, but I've never paid for music like in that aspect of it. Cause everything I want to listen to is, you know, is free to download if you know where to look. Um, and since, you know, even for this show, uh, since real anarchists don't believe in IP, um, I don't, I don't have a problem with it at all. You know, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm stealing anything, um, when I download movies or music or anything like that, because it's, it's, it's intellectual property and it's really my hard drive space that's getting used up and they can't tell me what I can and cannot put on my own hard drive. However, um, you know, when I, when I first, uh, was introduced to movie pass when it was $10 a month, uh, you know, eight or nine months ago at this point, um, I went, Oh, okay. You know, maybe for, for that price, maybe it's worth it. Um, to, to pay for the service and then go see movies in the theater. Um, because movies in the theater, they, it, number one, it's not cheap. Number two, I don't, I wouldn't, would never have gone alone, um, without it. So then it's like you plus a date or, you know, a partner or whatever. Um, and then popcorn and a drink. And all of a sudden it's an experience. Um, and with, with movie passages turned into, oh no, no, I'm just going to go catch this movie because it's, you know, it's. I, number one, got to get my money money's worth out of the the subscription fee, um, and number two, uh, I'm not falling into the you know pay all the extra to make it an experience trap um, with the movie pass. So I, I go, I sit in my I you know get my movie ticket, I sit in my seat. There's no popcorn, there's no drink. You know, I, I, sometimes I, I go by myself at this point, so there's no date, so there's no extra you know extra extra movie experience costs involved. Um, and even the, the handful of people that I would go to the movie with, you know, I've convinced them, unfortunately, uh, to also get a movie pass and, and to download the app um, so that we can go to plenty of these things, you know, together. Like whenever the mood strikes us, we just up and go. Um, but at this point, over, you know, over that time span, there's just been so many fucking issues um, that give me a headache. Like it's just it's a fr- it's a frustration where you know going to the movies with someone is, is now a problem um, for me because I want to use my movie pass and if it doesn't work then I'm out of pocket and the goal is to not be out of pocket um, so but if I go alone and I get denied which is what happened uh, this most recent time well then I'm just out of time you know the the time and the energy and the gas money and whatever that, that I personally spent um, to, to, you know, get to the theater because you have to be in proximity to use the path. So I, I feel like I'm not inconveniencing anybody else. Um, if I just go by myself, however, like I said, the, the frustration at this point 
has gotten so great with so many issues um, with the app that it's it's now back to the point where it's not worth it. Like a, as cheap as it is for what you get when it works, right? Like I, it's hard for me to justify it um, on a cost basis, and let alone um, with my conscience, right? Like I, I was, you know, as as I was sitting there frustrated and angry about it, I was, I was forget this. You know, I don't think I'm going to renew uh, my subscription at this point. Like when it, I, I bought the annual pass, so when it expires later this year, um, that might be the end of my movie pass experience. And then in the interim, right, I don't know how often I'm going to use it because again, it's hit and miss. Like if I have, if I happen to be in the area or if again, I'm by myself and I got nothing better to do then maybe I'll check it out. Uh, but the frustrate, the frustration is too great. The hit and miss is too great. Um, uh, and because the customer service is so terrible, it's not even a company um, that I want to do business with, right? Like I, I don't, you know, it, hindsight being twenty twenty, I wouldn't sign up for the service. I can't recommend people sign up for the service. I, you know, the the you know the friends that I do have that have it, you know, good on them. Um, they can do whatever they want if they're having the same issues as me. But I don't think they go as much. I think of the friends that I know that have it, I I probably use the the service more frequently. Um, therefore opening up myself to a myriad more problems, but whatever. Um, but I wouldn't recommend it to friends. Like I don't no, no, stay away, you know, do, do what we do best. Um, and that's, you know, pirate it or be patient and wait for, wait for the pirate copies, uh, to become available and then just, you know, enjoy, enjoy it the best you can, um, from the comfort of your own living room on the comfort of your own couch, you know, because why, why bother with, you know, why, why risk the frustration? Why risk the money? Why risk the headache and the time, um, that it takes, you know, you, you fire up the torrents, you get the movie and, you know, less time than it takes to drive to the theater, uh, depending on your internet speed and whatever. Um, and then you're there, you got it, you got, you got the movie, you know, in your, in your house already, um, no wasted drive time, no wasted gas. Um, if you want that theater experience, by all means have at it. Um, but it was, it was never my goal to, to, you know, get the theater experience. It was just my goal to be able to watch more movies and for a service that was, you know, priced accordingly, um, to do it legally because, Hey, why not? If it's not that expensive, right? If, if a song only costs 99 cents, um, by all means download a song. If a mo if a movie, um, you know, aggregated across the $10 a month subscription only cost a couple of bucks because that's how many or less than that, um, be based on how many movies you go see. Well, then why not? Right? Like, you know, it, 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 it priced it reasonably for the consumer to be able to afford to go see a movie and for that movie to be enjoyable, um, when it works. Right. So, so good on them when it works and good on you if it's working consistently for you. Uh, but that has not been my experience. Uh, so I'm going back, I'm going back to do real anarchist shit and that's just pirate the hell out of movies, uh, behind a VPN, of course, we'll see how well that works. Uh, pirate movies, pirate music, pirate apps, pirate everything. Um, until such a day comes where they make it cheap and convenient again, um, where the, the benefits of getting, you know, you know, uh, unpirated things and, and the quality that that's associated with that, uh, outweighs the cost, uh, and the price tag on those things. Cause I get it right. Like if from the comfort of your home is not the same as, you know, Dolby 7.2 surround sound with on a, you know, a giant 50 foot screen. Um, you don't get that. And, you know, apps, uh, you, you take a risk of, 
you know, malware and, and hackerware and, you know, bad stuff, and, you know, Trojans and all that stuff, you know, infecting your machine. Uh, but there's ways to mitigate that too. And same, same with songs, right? How often do you listen to the song that you just dropped 99 cents for? Maybe you listen to it more than me, but I'm not a music person to begin with. So if I want, if, so typically if I want to listen to a song, um, I either download it or just, you know, find a YouTube video of it. And I listen to it once and then I put it away for, you know, for years. Cause I don't, I don't really need to hear it again, uh, that, that soon. Um, but if I want to, if I want an album from a long time ago, like a nostalgic album, like there's, there's no reason to pay for that. It's it, there, there's so much readily available, um, online for free. Um, if you don't mind doing the illegal stuff, uh, quote unquote illegal stuff, which I don't, because like I said before, um, real anarchist shit, real anarchists doing real anarchist stuff. Um, IP is bullshit. I don't want to get into that whole argument. Um, but you know, it's, it's not physical property and what's in your mind, uh, or what you put out available to the world. Um, is, there's no long, it's no longer a scarce resource, right? Like that's, that's the basic premise behind it. Uh, and it's not theft, uh, because you still have your copy and now there's millions of copies available and one of those copies just happens to exist on my hard drive um, and it's my hard drive so there's nothing you can do to stop me from that uh, yeah and if you want to if, if you want to discuss that with me um, by all means uh, when we do the live show uh, again or the live recording of the show since we don't actually broadcast live so much anymore when we do the live recording of the show and we give out the numbers uh, you can definitely call in and we can discuss that um, otherwise uh, that's all I have to say about that. Don't sign up. Just do real anarchist shit and pirate, 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 pirate away. The other thing I wanted to touch on briefly, uh, or maybe not so briefly, because I have a tendency to ramble and that's oh fucking K with me, um, is, uh, uh, some comments that I've been receiving, um, on Facebook when I went in, in the various groups that I, I post this show. Um, not so much on Twitter yet. You guys haven't found us there. Uh, or Gab. I'm on Gab. Um, I don't know if I'm going to start giving out. I, I don't have a, a show page on Gab because I'm not a premium member, but I do post the show um, when when the when the mood strikes me on there when I'm doing my random others other things. Um, not so much feedback from that site. However, Facebook, um, you know, so one of the comments that stuck out to me, so I think I need to address it on here, is um, that there's no such thing as the anarchist experience in the real world, right? Like I, I get it. We do the show and, uh, we've had the other anarchist experience guy on here, um, long time ago at this point, um, who, who briefly ran a YouTube channel under the same name. Um, and the, the, the comment was that there's no real, uh, there's no anarchist experience in the real world. Um, meaning because we live, uh, in a, in a statist society and that's that, that society extends around the globe. Um, that it's impossible to have an anarchist experience. Um, and the, the, um, the comment was, I, I guess, or the comment thread, I should say, was based on the fact that, you know, uh, this gentleman said that he's never had an anarchist experience. I went, well, we probably not a real anarchist then because, you know, I have anarchist experiences all the time. Um, and then he, then of course he said, well, you can't because you live in a status world. You can't really have an anarchist experience in a status world. So let me briefly briefly, briefly, maybe, um, give my take on that. And so when I say that, uh, you know, I, I live the anarchist experience, um, just like I've said in the past, it just basically means like I do my best to operate state free 
as much as possible when interacting with the rest of the world, right? Like, you know, so, so, um, I try, I don't pay, uh, I don't file my taxes, right? Like the, the, the company takes out what they can. Um, and then, you know, I do my best to mitigate that by, you know, filing exempt or filing way too many dependents. So I keep the the vast majority of my paycheck. Um, and then I don't file because I don't want to owe them anything, uh, at the end. And I don't want to be a part of that system. Um, in any, any more than, you know, than I, than them taking the money out of my paycheck. Um, and then I, I, then I do like side jobs for cash and that, that doesn't go anywhere except in my pocket. Right. So those, those side jobs are more along the lines of an anarchist experience, um, than the regular nine to five stuff where you get, a, you know, you get a tax form, um, and, and, you know, withholdings and all that other stuff. So, to live, to have a complete anarchist experience, right? You know, more than the best I can, right? You, you would just have those side jobs or a side job that paid cash under the table or, you know, or, or in cryptocurrency or whatever, um, where you can, where you don't have to interact with the state at all. Right. Um, and then of course there's, you know, you, you go to the store and, and you buy goods and services and a lot of stores have a sales tax, um, so you're, you're getting taxed again, right? You, there's a, there's a, there's a middleman for the state. Well, you know, to, to mitigate that, um, you can go to farmers markets or, you know, third party sellers or, or someone who, you know, is also working, uh, in, in the underground economy of the gray market, such as, you know, such like you, um, to, to get those goods and services or any other necessities. And, you know, that, and then there's the people go like, well, you just move into the woods then and for, forage for berries and hunt and gather and all that other nonsense. Um, and we've done articles on the show where, you know, no, 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 e- even recently, right. Where the state goes after those people. We, we did the story about the, the naked hermit, uh, a couple of weeks ago who like, you know, 30 years on a deserted Island only to be kidnapped by the state and returned home before health issues. So it's, it's hard. I understand that there's a difficulty in removing yourself completely from the state and living, living the life of, a of the, the desired life, I should say, living the desired life of an anarchist. Right. But that doesn't mean that you can't operate uh, on a day-to-day basis with that same label. Right. You know, the, the, we've been a big fan on this show of agorism for a long time, um, which is, you know, purposeful economic action, um, to, you know, to, to get around state, problems right you know you 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 start your business and charge cash you know only for it or crypto at this point um you know you 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 do things that the state would ordinarily do uh for people um and then you so that when the day comes where the state falls people have the alternative to go to and you're that alternative right so it's it's a very subversive uh, direct economic action to subvert the state um and to help other anarchists out, right? If you if you're doing if you're providing goods and services for people, um, you might as well provide those goods and services for other anarchists, um, not for free, of course, because everyone's everyone's time and work is valuable. Um, but the appropriate charge uh, for 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 your time and your labor and and whatever. Um, and so my point is that there are, there are ways to operate uh, as an anarchist um, even under the state umbrella, right? And it's it's how you. It's how you do that um, that gives you like your personal anarchist experience, 
And it's also the mindset in which you do it that makes it an anarchist experience, right? There, you know, there, there are, you know, um, people all around the world who like, who live under their, their version of an oppressive government regime, right? And how, and the, that does not necessarily, um, make them a statist or a member of the state or a member of even, you know, the, the political class. It just, it just, you know, makes them a human being, uh, operating under oppression. And if you're an, if you're an anarchist in mind and heart and spirit, if you like those words, uh, then you do your best and I do my best to operate in, in this world under that status umbrella, um, as an anarchist. And it doesn't mean that, you know, when I go, when I go to my anarchist friends, um, and, and pay them money for goods and services that they paid no taxes on, right. And aren't going to claim and aren't going to tell the state about that does not make that a, like a status exchange, right. That, that is an anarchist exchange. That is an anarchist interaction, um, at the very least, because, you know, we, we both share that mindset. Um, same with the roads, right? Like, yes, yes, I pay my gas tax, right? Oh, no, oh, no. you know, another, another state interaction. Um, but I don't, I don't, you know, I haven't paid, uh, to, to register my vehicle with them in years. So I don't, I don't drive, I don't drive the car that I own and I don't own um, that type of vehicle. Um, the, the vehicle that I own is a moped. And here in Hawaii, they said, no, 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 you must register and license and, and pass a safety inspection on that. Um, and I've ignored that law, right? I've, I've got the, the original um, registration that I had when I first purchased it and had it registered, had the, had the shop um, register it for me. And they gave me the sticker and I put the sticker on there. Uh, and that registration, here's the thing, right? Just, just like the, the pirating of movies and music, right? That registration was so cheap, um, that it was worth it to do the one time, right? Like it was, it was five bucks, uh, to register the moped and you are like, well, I don't want to give any money to the state. Um, but that one's so cheap. Um, it's, it's the, the, you do the cost benefit analysis on that and you're like, well, they, they can have my butt five bucks the one time, but that's all they're going to get. Um, and I would, I, I don't like doing it. Um, which is why I had the, the shop, you know, registered and I just, I paid them, um, just to make myself feel a little bit better about it. Um, but it's so cheap for the one-time thing that you can hardly say that that's, you know, that that's contributing much, um, to the state and, and to their functions. So they gave me a little sticker. I put it on there and then I've never gotten their little piece of plastic, um, that, that tells me that I'm allowed to operate, you know, my moped on their roads, right? Like, and, and I'm still in the middle of a court battle for that. The, there might be an update in the next couple of weeks. Um, maybe, um, I have a, another court date set, but I don't, I don't expect much out of that. Um, so even with the roads, right, aside from paying, you know, gas tax, um, on what, like $4 a gas to, to fill up a moped, um, you know, every, every week or so, um, uh, I don't, I don't contribute much, uh, to the state as far as that goes. Right. So even, even that act of defiance of not having a license of, of driving a vehicle that doesn't have the, the proper paperwork, um, to me, um, it, it, the act of defiance is another anarchist experience in my world. Right. And I, I, I won't go any further because now I'm looking at the time and I do feel like I'm rambling on about this. Um, but suffice to say, if you're an anarchist in heart, mind and spirit, right. And you do your best, um, to operate as such, um, given the confines of the, the statist, uh, umbrella and the, the oppressive nature of, you know, the, the status reach, 
um, then you yourself are living your personal anarchist experience. Uh, the difference here is that I do a podcast. I, you know, stole the name, but again, who cares about IP? Uh, I want to say independently, independently created the name, um, as satire only to find out later that someone else was already doing it very briefly. Um, and even that dude, once, once we found out about him, you know, invited him on the show and he came and he talked and, you know, uh, blessing or no blessing didn't have, didn't, didn't put up a fight about our use of the name. So I don't even, you know, I'm not even concerned about that, um, going forward. Um, you know, and, and fair competition in the marketplace. Um, I don't know how big his YouTube channel was or how big his Facebook page was. Um, but our, our podcast got a lot bigger than that channels, than those channels, uh, quickly and early on. Um, so I, I, I think the, the, the market has decided, uh, that we are the, the true anarchist experience, uh, media, right. Um, but you yourself out there can live whatever you consider to be your own personal anarchist experience. So long as you're an anarchist uh, in heart, mind, and spirit. So if you're telling me that because you live in a status world that you can't have an anarchist experience, uh, I'm just going to tell you, you're not trying hard enough. Uh, you're not doing what's necessary to make that happen. And it may be out of fear, which I'm okay with, right? Plenty of people do things out of fear. Um, you know, like pay your taxes, um, you know, I, I keep harping on the taxes, but that's the big one, right? And the, the only true, tr true protest is a tax protest. And really the state only comes down on you for taxes, right? Everything else, you know, everything else is some other type of money, ex uh, money extortion scheme, um, under the guise of protecting somebody or something, but it's really to get money out of you. And we'll just call that a tax. So, uh, you know, if, if you're doing, if you're doing you in, in, in the status world, but trying to operate, uh, doing your best to operate as an anarchist and you have that anarchist mentality, then any act of defiance that, that you can have, uh, in opposition to the state or anything you can get away with that they would deem illegal, um, but that you want to do as a human being that doesn't infringe on the rights of anybody else, uh, you know, be it drugs or prostitution or anything, you know, or gambling, if it's not allowed in your state or anything like that, then yeah. You know, if, if you're saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm doing this drugs be, you know, not just because I enjoy it, but specifically because it's against the law and I'm, I want to be defiant, uh, to their right, to their laws. And I, you know, claim my right as a human being to put into my body, whatever I choose. Um, then yeah, that, that I would call that your personal anarchist experience. If you self-describe as an anarchist, you know, if you don't self-describe as an anarchist, then it's not right. It's just you doing you and you know, whatever label you choose to use for yourself, um, but if that's the, if that's the motivating factor behind it, right. You know, if that's what you do, like I've, I've done a number of different things. I won't get into all of them, but I've done a number of different things, um, for money that would ordinarily require like a state license. Right. And anytime I do that, I go like the only reason I'm doing it, you know, I, I have to charge you because otherwise there's no act of defiance. Right. You know, if, if I don't charge you, then it's just, you know, me, me being a good friend or whatever. Um, but if I do charge you, I can chalk this up as to one more thing that I've done in defiance of the state, uh, in their face, in, in the face of their rules and regulations and requirements of me that I'm just not going to participate in. Um, and therefore, you know, you pay me to do something unlicensed and un, you know, but professionally done, um, then I'm all for that. So yeah, if you're doing anything like that, uh, in your life, you know, chalk that up, you know, take that as a win, uh, for an anarchist, for the anarchist experience and for your personal anarchist experience. Um, 
and then don't say that there's no way to have an anarchist experience because you feel oppressed, right? You know, mentally remove that yoke uh, and you'll do just fine. All right, moving on. Uh, now that I've gotten all of that off my chest, uh, what do we do when MC's not here? Well, Richie Rich reads the news. Uh, so let's jump into headlines. Um, let's do it. Uh, headline, the government will allow Cody Wilson's defense distributed to distribute gun-making software. Uh, headline, the harms of hate crime laws. Headline, thousands of Americans stand to, denied, stand to be denied passports due to unpaid taxes. Uh, headline, uh, parents appeal after judge denies transgender team name change. Headline, Aristotle's defense of private property. Uh, four reasons communal property is inferior. Uh, headline, Texas couple considering divorce to help pay for child's health care costs. Headline, U.S. reportedly issuing lifetime travel bans for anyone even remotely connected uh, to Canada's legal cannabis industry. And finally, headline, a Florida cop claims Burger King put dirt on his food. Uh, investigation reveals it was just seasoning. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's lighten the mood and start with that one because, hey, dumb cops are funny, right? Until they're beating the, you know, cracking skulls and doing other dumb shit that cops do naturally. Uh, Florida cop claims Burger King put dirt in his food. Investigation reveals it was just seasoning. Uh, police officer's complaint that his food he ordered came topped with dirt sparked an internal probe at Burger King, which concluded the gritty substance was likely just a seasoning mix. Uh, I was the officer who was served a burger at Burger King at 4004 Cleveland Avenue and Fort Miles with dirt in it. At first, I thought it was just burned bacon. I was hungry and ate the burger. At the last bite, I saw dirt and grit on the burger. In disgust, I threw it out the window. Fort Myers Police Officer Tim McCormick wrote on Facebook earlier this week. Uh, the social media post quickly went viral, prompting calls for a boycott as well as an internal investigation at the Florida Burger King. A review of surveillance video in the kitchen from the day the officer received his food cleared the staff of wrongdoing, said Dan Fitzpatrick, CEO and chairman of Quality Dining, Inc., the franchise that operates the food fast food joint. Uh, we invited senior-level Fort Myers Police Department officials, he told USA Today. Uh, they all agreed that nothing inappropriate occurred when employees prepared the burger and Burger King officials have invited McCormick to review the footage. Uh, Fitzpatrick said that salt and pepper blend is added to the food as part of the prep process for cooking meat. It's likely the mixture combined with the flame broiled grill process resulted in the substance McCormick mistook as dirt. Uh, we hope the officer will post something in whatever manner he chooses, Fitzpatrick added. Uh, in the Facebook post, which has since been, since been deleted, McCormick also said his receipt had the words police written in big black letters across the top, uh, something that has not happened in his previous visits. Uh, just before speaking to the manager, the staff member from the drive-thru asked, what the, matter, uh, what's, what the matter, officer, something wrong with your order? The Facebook post continued. Then she and the other staff had a good laugh. Uh, Fitzpatrick told USA Today the police label McCormick referenced is part of the regular identity process for customers. Uh, every one of our guests we ask, may we have your name to better serve you, he noted. Uh, when the Burger King employee parroted the line to McCormick, he did not give his name, but rather just said officer. Uh, Fitzpatrick said the drive through worker would have been able to see the officer's marked cruiser through the window and likely labeled him accordingly. Uh, Fort Myers Police Captain Jay Rodriguez said the department is aware of McCormick's allegations. Burger King took it very seriously, he said. We hope he can get in uh, we hope we can get it resolved that there was no malicious intent. Uh, end of the article. Uh, 
I hope everyone starts referring to this officer as Farva, uh, you know, from, from, from Super Troopers fame, um, <laughs> for, for this outrageous uh, and outlandish behavior. Um, seems like Burger King did the right thing, right? You know, from, from a corporate and a company perspective, um, you know, personally, I wouldn't want them serving cops or bureaucrats or anything like that anyway, but I get it that they, you know, that they do and they will. Um, so from that perspective, um, they did all the right things, right? They reviewed the footage. They found that they did nothing wrong. There was, you know, the staff wasn't even, you know, anti-cop to begin with. Um, it was just a misunderstanding blown way out of proportion. Uh, um, not surprisingly, uh, from a member of the group of people known to blow things way out of proportion, right? I mean, if, if there's no real, there's no real takeaway from that other than, you know, if you're a cop, you, you, you might have the mindset to look for these sort of things because I'm sure it does happen elsewhere. But the reason, the reason a fast food worker would like put cop on your food or, you know, put dirt in it or spit in it, um, is because as a profession, you have like zero respect, um, and gratitude in society, right? Like no other profession walks in there and, and will be mistreated just for the job that they do aside from cops, you know, like, you know, other, other, uh, you know, bartenders, fast food work, other fast food workers, um, you know, uh, telemarketers even probably if you go like, no, 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 I'm telemarketer. They do that job probably sucks, but, um, you're not out there, you know, harassing people. Um, on a regular basis, finding them accordingly, right? You know, you get, you probably get hung up on, on, on a lot, um, you know, bill collectors, right? E- even those people probably command more respect at a Burger King, um, than a cop. Um, so uh, to me, the, the mere fact that you're looking at the burger to, you know, to, to double check, to, you know, like Farva, right? Does, does it look like that spit? Um, it's because as, as a class of individuals, right, uh, the, the, that that professional class of individuals has is not liked by the vast majority of people in society because you harass us on a daily basis, right? Or maybe not individually on a daily basis, but on 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 a daily basis, there there you go out there, and the sole purpose uh, is to extract money from hardworking people uh, who probably committed no real crime, right? No victim, no crime. Um, is is more than just a slogan. Um, it's it's catchy, and we like saying it. Um, but it's in their rules for criminal activity, right? There 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 must be there must be damage, and there must be victim, and the court must be able to give remedy uh, for its crime to be committed. Um, and your job as a cop is is to subvert that completely um, and get people just to to give up and pay money uh, when they ought not to pay um, for things that aren't actually you know crimes. Or, or wrong in society um, simply because you need to justify your own existence uh, and get paid and you're not good enough to do anything other you know than be a robot for the state and an enforcer for the state and follow the orders of the state right you know um, I've shared this before and I'll share it again because it's prudent now as it was back then um, you know I, I've had a conversation with a cop from the back of the cruiser and said one of the reasons he likes being a cop, um, is because he doesn't have to think for himself. All he has to do is follow orders, 
And I told him straight up then, well, dude, you're not even a human being then. You're a robot, right? If you're incapable and you have no desire to think critically, to use reason and logic uh, or even emotion at that point um, to do the right thing or to do what you think is the right thing, um, then you're just a robot, right? If you're not thinking about what you're doing, you're just doing it because someone else gives you the orders. You're trying to absolve yourself from responsibility of being a decent person um, and Right. Then, you know, we bring up the Nazis because why the hell not? Um, that's not even a good enough excuse. Right. Just following orders hasn't been a good reason to justify behavior um, in, in, you know, damn near 100 years you know, at this point. Um, and it wasn't a good reason then. And it's not a good reason now. But that's the mentality of the cop. I'm just following orders. Uh, so it's not my fault. But then look at what this gets you right? You have to, you're constantly on edge when you go any place other than hanging out with your cop buddies, um, that you may not be liked or that someone may try to get you, um, you know, with a, with spit or dirt or whatever on a burger. Um, because they just, cause you, you already know that you walk in there and you're, you're not welcome. Right. Yeah. The, you know, the, 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 the business owner, the corporation might love to have your business cause you're spending money there. Um, but the, the low employee, the, 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 you know, the, the kid behind the register, um, doesn't like you because he knows what you, he knows what you do. And he's probably experienced it, um, in some form or fashion firsthand and doesn't want to be around you or any of your kind. Um, same with me. So I, I, I can speak for myself on that too. Uh, I don't want to be around you or any of your kind. And the, you know, the, the one cop friend that I had years ago, I haven't even talked to in years, um, mostly for that reason, right? Cause I know what he does, you know, and I, I can't, so I cannot support, you know, his profession. And the only reason we were friends at one time, uh, was because we met in an environment outside, uh, of, of him being a state enforcer. Um, and I didn't know at the time what he did, you know, and then, then you find out and go, Oh man, we can't talk about this. You know? So a, a lot of, a lot of my friends and former friends, right, are agents of the state. Um, and I just, I, I have to ignore it to stay friends with them in, in, in the environment in which we met, right? Outside that environment, I don't, I don't hang out with them. I don't want to. I don't want to be around them. I don't, I don't want to know how your day was at work uh, because I know what you did today, you know? And I have to ignore that to be cordial with you um, in, the, in, in, in certain environments, uh, you know, a few months ago at this point, um, I, I lost a quote unquote friend on Facebook, uh, because I, I said, you know, like now that assisted suicide, uh, is legal in the state of Hawaii for the most part. Um, if any of my, you know, if any of my state working friends or military veterans or whatever, uh, want some assistance with that, I'm here for you. I will help you end it. Um, because like it's one less parasite you know, around me, like I let's, let's eliminate that from my train of thought, from my consciousness, and let's help you know, make the world a better place by getting rid of one more bureaucrat and one more state employee. Um, and he was a military veteran and he's like, well, we've, I, we've been friends for a while, you know, I, and you know, I'm a veteran. I go, yeah. And I ignore it. Like, when do we ever talk about what you do, man? You know, we, we talk about other things. We talk about, you know, your, your martial arts expertise and the, the volunteer work, um, that you do outside, outside of your day job. Right. But we don't talk about your day job because I can't support you in your day job. I support all the other things you do, all the other positive things you do. Um, but I don't ignore the fact 
that you're that you know you're you're a, a, an employee of the state and your primary function is to steal money from hardworking people um, that allows you to survive and get paid. And if we did not meet in the environment in which we met, um, I wouldn't be friends with you at all. Wouldn't even talk to you. Wouldn't even say hi. I would ignore your glances and your gaze at every opportunity um, because I don't want to be associated with you in any form or fashion. Um, even even this uh, this was a few about a week or so ago. Yeah, but just about a week ago at this point, um, some um, family came to visit and you know uh, talked to a cousin that I haven't seen and you know few years i guess um last i heard he was you know he got hurt and I'm like oh man sucks for him and he goes like oh yeah i just finished basic training i go can't talk about it you know don't want to hear it you know let's talk about something else because i don't want i don't want to know i don't care you know your family so that's hard to get around but i don't want to know about it um and then i started to, talking to his dad my uncle and he said the same thing uh, it's like oh yeah he just came back from um from virginia i go i know i heard and we can't talk about it. And I goes, why can't we talk about it? I go, number one, I'm an anarchist. Number two, I do the anarchist experience podcast show, right? So you guys are fucking ruining my reputation by, by <laughs> getting jobs with the state. How can I be associated with that? Uh, knowing that this is what I do. Um, you know, I'll be here for fun, not necessarily for money, but knowing that this is like my mentality, my mindset, right? I can't be, I, as an anarchist, can't uh, condone uh, or accept even or you know uh, like even discuss the fact that oh yeah you're you're you know you just went basic training you're going to be a parasite for the state and you know good job going to afghanistan and and killing brown people right right good good job finding that as a career um even even you know i was getting to family stuff even my sister you know has like a federal or statey job and i go i don't i don't want to talk about it like good on you for using your degree um, but use it in the private sector instead and do something productive with it. Um, instead of just, you know, stealing money from, a, from again, hardworking individuals, right? You're in that line of work, you're a parasite and you'll be nothing more than a parasite, no matter how good at your job you are. And in fact, the better you are at your job, the more parasitical you are. Cause she came home and said the same thing parroted, um, by, by other status, right? When it comes to the budget, well, we have to buy all this crap because otherwise we don't get the money next year. Uh, I go, well, see, you're already, you know, it, it's, it's one of the biggest complaints, uh, of anarchists and, you know, and the libertarian ilk when it comes to like, you know, federal funding, uh, and budgets and the use of tax dollars. And then she comes home and parrots the same, you know, same line as everybody else. Well, we have to use it, uh, cause otherwise we don't get it next year. Uh, which means like your mindset has already changed to that of a parasite. Right. You're not even you're not even a free thinking, critically thinking individual anymore. You're just a parasite for the state, just an agent of the state. Um, and so I don't associate with that as much as possible. Right. Like, you know, do, do I do I make a stink uh, at family functions? Nope. Just don't talk about it. Um, do do I do I raise the issue? Um, you know, when when in those other environments around those people? Nope. Just don't talk about it. Um, and if you bring it up to me, you'll get an earful because this is what I do. Um, but if it's, if it's on the table, I just excuse myself and go elsewhere because I don't want to associate with those people. I don't want to associate with cops. Now, if well, I, I work in a restaurant, um, and would I spit in a cop's burger? Um, if I knew it was a cop, no, I probably wouldn't, 
But at the same time, I don't want to know he's a cop. Like, don't don't tell me you're a cop in the beginning. Just ignore that fact um, so that I can do my job and you can be on your way. Because the minute you tell me um, that you are one, um, it makes me not want to serve you. It makes me want definitely do less um, than exceptionally, you know, less than exceptional on whatever it is, you know, we're doing. You know, if, if, if I was a mechanic and you were like, I'm a cop, fix my car. It's like, oh, man, I would have fixed your car if you didn't say that. But now that you said it, uh, go to somebody else, man. Like, I'm not, I, I, I don't want to support you in fixing your car because I don't want to put your ass back on the road to harass anybody else. Like, leave that shit broken and you do a walk footbeat for a minute. Um, so, yeah, and it's just like that group of people, um, like I said in the beginning, it's that group of people that has created for themselves so much ire in the rest of society that they are constantly looking over their own shoulder uh, when they go to Burger King to see whether or not, you know, uh, the kid like spit in the burger because it's for a cop, you know, uh, they're constantly having to check that. Whereas the rest of us don't even think twice, right? I don't go into Burger King worrying about spit or dirt in my burger. Uh, I just assume that they're trying to do the best that they can. And I just want my food and be on my way. Um, but when you're a cop, that changes, right? And there's a reason that it changes. It's because of what you do. Uh, and it goes for all those other professions too, especially, you know, like I said, in my world, um, where I don't want to associate, I don't, I don't want to help you. I don't want to do any, I don't want to do anything with you of the sort, um, for the simple fact that no matter what you do outside of your job, the, the fact still remains that as a profession, as a means of survival and getting paid in this world, um, you do it parasitically by stealing money from the rest of us. Um, and I don't like that. I can't tolerate that. And cops are, you know, uh, MC might say the military is the worst, but in, in my general life, in my anarchist experience, um, cops are the worst, right? I'm not getting, I'm not getting bombed, um, by the military or by ISIS for that matter. Um, but I am constantly looking over my shoulder and constantly worried, um, that a cop is lurking around somewhere. Um, especially now, right? So close, so close to, to making big life changing moves that I don't want to be held back, uh, or held longer, um, by having to undergo and endear, uh, endure, I should say, uh, another trial, um, or more, more interactions with the cop. You know, the one I talked about last week, uh, about getting a warning, uh, and on my way that could have, that could have postponed big life changing moves, um, by months. Um, because even the case that it's currently ongoing that, I, uh, that I have another date next week, um, we're what, like nine months into at this point, it's going to be, it's, it's, we're in July. Um, I got the initial citation in November. Like, I don't want to be delayed another, another nine months for some minor traffic infraction. Uh, but I also don't want to pay them off either. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not into either of those options. Um, so I look over my shoulder, I do what I can to, to get by and then hopefully, um, get the hell out of here. All right, moving on. Let's do one. That's a little bit more serious. Um, cause we don't do these very often cause, uh, you know, usually the banter between me and MC is enough. Um, four reasons private property is superior to communal property. According to, uh, Aristotle in the communist manifesto. Karl Marx aptly summarized the implications of a communist society, stating that the theory of communist may be summed up in the single sentence, abolition of private property. Uh, as an institution, private property has been a crucial factor in the flourishing of Western society and its political thought. However, its defense rarely extends beyond a calculation of its economic benefits. 
Many defenders of private property simply state that there is no viable alternative system and that private property is simply the best option of a bad bunch. Uh, this argument, with its pessimistic tone, hardly inspires much love for the concept of private ownership. Thankfully, there have been numerous thinkers throughout history who have, a who have robustly defended and justified the institution of private property. Such figures are Cicero of ancient Rome, Thomas Aquinas of medieval Europe, and John Locke of the early modern period. Who was Aristotle? The first extensive defense of private property comes from Aristotle writing in the 4th century BC in response to the idea of communal ownership as espoused by his teacher Plato. Aristotle was a polymath who wrote extensively on ethics, logic, metaphysics, biology, astronomy, and rhetoric to name a few of his interests. To this day, he is considered one of the most influential philosophers to ever live. In the 13th century, Thomas Aquinas referred to Aristotle as the philosopher, demonstrating the immense level of respect Aristotle commanded. On the subject of private ownership, Aristotle believed that external goods, such as property and wealth, could help people live a virtuous life. Unlike the more austere Plato, who recommended strict limits on wealth, Aristotle argued that happiness also requires external goods in addition, as we said, for it is impossible, or at least not easy, to play a noble part unless furnished with the necessary equipment. With this view in mind, Aristotle adopted a positive stance toward private ownership. Aristotle's argument on the justification of private property are necessary to examine as they have shaped the debate on property throughout history. In his seminal works, in his seminal work, Politics, Aristotle argued against communal ownership of property by demonstrating the superiority of private property in four, co four core areas. Efficiency, unity, justice, and virtue. Efficiency. Uh, first, Aristotle argued that private ownership is simply more efficient than communal ownership. The latter increases the likelihood of neglect. Since people are sharing something, everyone is more likely to assume that someone else is taking care of the situation instead of taking responsibility themselves. As the economist Milton Friedman argues, uh, argued, you spend no money more carefully than your own, and you spend and spend no money more liberally than someone else's. Uh, Aristotle shared this stance, writing that people pay most attention to what is their own, they care less for what is common. Uh, he asserted that people have an incentive to be productive with what they what with what they are uniquely responsible for, since they will therefore benefit directly from their own efforts. On the other hand, communally owned property will not produce the same incentives because the fruits of people's efforts will not solely be their own. Modern defenders of property tend to stop here, uh, but Aristotle went beyond issues of allocative efficiency, adopting a broader approach. Unity. Critics of private property tend to demean property as atomistic, <clears throat> claiming that its adoption creates a society of rugged individualists who refuse to cooperate with one another. Aristotle sharply disagreed with this view, arguing instead that private property, in fact, fostered unity, while communally owned pro uh, property bred constant strife and discord. On the subject of communal ownership, he writes that in general, living together and sharing in common in all human matters is difficult, and most of these sort of things. Uh, association is not a bad thing by any means, but having people share essential resources in common opens the door to potential conflict and widespread discord. Uh, it is fact of common observance that those who own common property and share in its management 
are far more at variance with one another than those who have properties separately. In owning things for ourselves, we avoid the constant strife that arises from compromise with others over crucial aspects of our lives. Aristotle concludes that when everyone has his own separate sphere of interest, there will not be the same grounds for quarrel. Justice. Uh, in his Nicomachean Ethics, uh, Aristotle asserts that justice is defined by equals getting equal rewards and unequals getting unequal rewards. When this view is applied to the notion of communally owned property, an issue arises. For if people are not equal, they not possess equal things. But from this comes fights and accusations. For everyone agrees that the just, that the just in distributions must be according to some worth. The worth, however, everyone does not call the same thing. For Aristotle, justice constitutes being rewarded what you are worth. Therefore, unequal abilities res result in unequal rewards. Uh, Aristotle considers this to be a benefit of the private property system in which people are rewarded whatever price they themselves can command. Uh, he believes that in a system of communal ownership, problems are bound to arise when some people work more than others yet receive the same reward. Uh, this issue naturally causes discontent. But it is also unjust as it treats everyone equally to the detriment of those who dedicate more of their efforts to working. Virtue. Uh, Aristotle believed that by using one's property to aid friends was great practice. Doing favors and helping friends, guests, or mates is most pleasant, and this only happens when property is private. Uh, in his opinion, generosity and charity can only exist in a society which upholds private property. If everyone communally owns everything, then no one can aid one another. Aristotle writes of generosity concerning possessions. For no one will be known to be generous or do generous actions since the work of generosity is in the use of one's possessions. The communal ownership of property thus stunts the virtues of generosity, moderation, and charity. Uh, therefore, property is not only an efficient mode of production as well as a unifying agent, it is also a vital tool for the cultivation of certain virtues. Uh, one could argue that communal property could also be utilized for virtuous purposes, uh, but this would be misleading. Virtue must be cultivated through free, uncoerced action. Uh, Aristotle begins Book 3 of the Nicomachean Ethics by saying that since virtue is concerned with passions and actions, and on voluntary passions and actions praise and blame are bestowed on those that are involuntarily pardoned and sometimes also pity. Uh, in this way, the coercion of communal property nullifies the individual's possibility for virtue as it removes personal choice. Uh, Aristotle's arguments on property are still relevant today. Uh, many free marketeers have forgotten that there are, there are more benefits of private property than merely economic efficiencies. Uh, using Aristotle as a guide, we can adopt a more humanistic approach to private property, thus acknowledging that private ownership is not only economically viable, but also unifying, virtuous, and just. Uh, end of the article. Um, not much left to say on that, aside from the fact that, you know, uh, I'm a private property guy. You know, it's it's one of the reasons why um, I self-identify uh, in the anarchist community uh, as an ANCAP, uh, anarcho-capitalist, um, because I believe, uh, like this article suggests, that the, the private ownership of, of things, uh, property, means of production, and the like, um, leads to a more happier and whole and just uh, society. Now, where, will there be people... Um, who are the, the have-nots in that society. Um, absolutely. And the, the fact is, I would probably be somewhere in the middle of that, right? I'm, I'm not uh, extraordinarily wealthy um, by any means, but I am not 
uh, destitute uh, and impoverished by any means either, right? But I, I don't, um, I don't look upon the the wealthy with with jealous eyes, right? Uh, someone long ago told me that there's a difference between envy and jealousy, um, and the, the main difference is that jealousy uh, denotes uh, um, like a negative implication, um, whereas envy does not. So I may be envious of those with more wealth and more possessions and more property um, than me um, because it's something that I aspire to be and that I aspire to have and that I am working towards um, as, as, as much as I possibly can um, without giving too much again to the state. Um, but it also means I don't look down uh, on those um, with, with, with less than me, right? Uh, aside from those um, with less than me that decide that, you know, they, they will have less by leeching off the, the productive members of society, right? The, that, that, um, that parasitical class that not only includes, um, you know, cops and veterans and bureaucrats and public school teachers and those, uh, but the people who decide through whatever, uh, you know, whatever choices they make that they don't want to be productive members of society so far as they can get their welfare check, um, you know, every month and their, their bare subsistence, uh, paid for by somebody else that they don't need to produce. Um, you know, that those people I will definitely look down on, um, homeless people who, who just don't care and don't, don't get a check and don't operate and, you know, panhandle and, you know, don't encroach and violate other people's rights. No problem with, Right. I, you know, in private conversations with some friends, like sometimes that's even a more admirable position to be in um, because they've they've uh, l they've become accustomed to a lifestyle um, and a survivable lifestyle where they're not a burden on anyone, even though they're not a benefit to anyone either. Right. They, they neither contribute nor take away from society um, at all. They just they're they kind of exist on their own. Um, and if you want to call that an anarchist experience, uh, by all means, right? I, I, I could not do that uh, the way they do it. Um, and therefore, you know, if you want to say, call me a hypocrite again and say like, oh, no, you're not living the real anarchist experience because you operate in the status world, um, by all means, do so. Uh, I do it the best I can at, to be as comfortable uh, as I can, right? I don't want to be out in the forage forest foraging for berries, uh, and hunting squirrels. Um, you know, when, when the, when, you know, I, I can get food, um, from a supermarket and, you know, go about it that way, right? There, there's, there's conveniences that we pay for that are not, uh, provided by the state, uh, but the state, you know, interferes and takes their little cut and that does not make it right, um, either way. But like I said, even the example that we gave last week, uh, the example that I used before, even the hermit uh, on the island, right, is absconded by the state at some point. So even if you get away and you go, you know, into the, into the woods to forage for berries, um, some member of the state will come along uh, and say that those berries don't belong to you and that foraging is illegal and that you don't have a hunting permit and therefore we're going to arrest you and take you away. Right. So I don't I don't want to hear that nonsense of there's better ways to do it uh, because the state will still come after you. So you might as well do your best that you can to live as state free as possible, um, you know, given whatever conveniences you enjoy or, or become accustomed to. Now, with the issue of private property, right, those people don't have much 
and that's fine with them. Um, but there's some things that I like, right? I like having a computer uh, to be able to produce this podcast. I like having a TV uh, to enjoy some entertainment. I like having, you know, it would, would be nice to have like a decent speaker system to enjoy some music uh, every once in a while. Um, it, it, you know, I, I play a lot of video games outside of, of, you know, doing the show and working. So it's nice to, uh, to be able to afford those things to entertain myself um, when I'm not out there doing anarchist things, right? Um, so it's, it's just that level. And am I envious of people who have like, you know, the giant TV and the nicer car and, you know, the bigger house, you know, sometimes, um, but I'm not jealous of them. It's not like I want to take them down. It's not like I want to bring them down to my level to make us all equal. I go like, good on you, right? Good on you for making that happen. Uh, and I hope you didn't do it, uh, you know, through, through state violent means, right? I hope you're not uh, a crony, uh, crony capitalist who, you know, uh, got their wealth by holding down other competitors in the marketplace or through, you know, government subsidies or anything like that. I hope you're doing it the right way. Um, then I can be envious, right? I can go like, well, that's, that's attainable uh, to me uh, if I apply myself differently than I am now. Um, and I seen, uh, I, I seen a post on Facebook and it said like, you know, the, the liberal utopia is that everyone has, um, free healthcare and, and free schooling and, and, you know, free money and, you know, f everything for free. And the conservative utopia is that, you know, everyone works 60 hours a week at a job they hate and breaks their back and, you know, dies poor, uh, because they can't afford medicine at the end. Right. And I go, well, that's, that's, that's not, that's not like the conservative utopia, um, that's like the natural order of things when you when you don't uh, when you don't steal from other people, right? When you have to work hard and get paid what you're worth, um, it's a different story than wanting everything for free uh, for off the labors of somebody else. So neither of those are like realistic utopian visions. Um, you know, the, the anarchist the anarchist utopia is that uh, basically what what this article said is that you pay for what you you get paid what you're worth and you can afford what you can and you go about doing it that way. Um, so, of course, private property always outweighs, you know, public property uh, in that sense. Uh, I want to get to one more article very briefly uh, before I wrap things up here. And I know I'm getting close to my time. So let me do this article uh, very briefly um, and then and comment on it very briefly as well. Uh, headline uh, parents appeal judge deny parents appeal after judge denies transgender team name change. Uh Lebanon, Ohio, the parents of a transgender teenager claims, claims a Warren County uh, probate judge violated their constitutional rights when he denied their request to legally change their son's name. Uh, Lay and Kylan Whitaker Field uh, filed their request to change their son's name from Heidi to Elliot. Uh, last month, Judge Joseph Kirby denied their request after a hearing. Uh, we thought it was just a formality, basically, Lay Whitaker, Elliot's mother uh, of the hearing, said Lay Whitaker, Elliot's mother of the hearing. Uh, Lay said the parents in her support group told her the hearings are typically brief and questions are asked to ensure the name change isn't being requested for fraudulent reasons. The Whitaker said some of Judge Kirby's questions surprised him. He started out by asking us, did all of this start when all this stuff came out in the media? And we didn't know what he was talking about. And later on, he clarified he was talking about when Bruce Jenner came out, uh, Lay recalled. Uh, the Whitakers said Elliot came out to them as transgender a year ago. Since then, he's been in therapy and under the care of Transgender Clinic at the Children's Hospital Medical Care, Medical Center. They said legally changing their son's names is an important part of his transition because Elliot's birth name currently appears on his school records. When he appears for a driver's license, the female name will also appear if it's not changed. Uh, Elliot would also have to use his college to use it on his college applications when the time comes. 
We did a lot of therapy to make sure that this was something that was real, Lay said. In Judge Kirby's decision, he questioned whether Elliot, whom he referred to as Heidi, was confused and wrote in part, children's change significantly and rapidly. Uh, Judge Kirby ended his decision by writing that Elliot can request the name change again when he becomes an adult and age develop mature. Uh, the Whitakers were taken aback by the judge's words. The judge met with us for 15 to 20 minutes and then decided that he knew better than the parents and doctors uh, and our child. Uh, we don't feel that's right, said Kylan Whitaker, Elliot's father. Uh, the Whitakers' attorney believed Judge Kirby's decision violated their rights. There are federal constitutional issues here, said LGBTQ attorney Josh Langdon. Uh, importantly, the parents' right to decide their upbringing of their child and also the child's right to express himself. These are First Amendment issues. Uh, Langdon said Judge Kirby denied two other requests for name changes involving transgender people on the same day. However, other name changes had been granted last year by Judge Kirby. Uh, the 12th Circuit Court of Appeals will hear the case. Now. Um, the important thing here that I want to address uh, really briefly has nothing to do with the fact that it's a transgendered person, uh, because again, I don't care, right? I don't care what you are, who you say you are, what you want to be or what it is. Um, leave, I'll leave the medical science to the scientists and I'll just do what, uh, what, you know, respect the individual's wishes as an individual. And I will say this, right? As a person who uses a name other than what appears on my birth certificate, if you need to get somebody else's permission to change your name, then it is not, in fact, your name, especially if you then need to pay for that name change uh, for them to change your name, right? Your name is what it is because you declare it to be so, not because some judge somewhere or some court somewhere or some financial institution somewhere charging you the money for it declares that says that you can't right if you, the, the mere fact that they were denied the ability to change their own name should be evidence in and of itself that the state owns you right uh, if it wasn't clear before and will label you however they wish to label you regardless of your own personal individual wishes which is why for myself Personally, uh, my name is Rich E. Rich, and that does not appear on my birth certificate. Uh, however, in private exchanges, with when private property is being discussed, right, not the communal nonsense, uh, in those exchanges, voluntary exchanges and voluntary interactions among people, that is the name I use, that is the name I wish to be addressed, and if you think you can use something else, you think you own me, right? Just like the judge thinks he owns those people by not allowing them to change the name. So rather than looking to the state, to the court system, to the judge, to the constitution on who owns your name, just change that shit, declare it to be so, and let that be the end of it, right? Don't worry, don't worry about what appears on the documents. Um, you know, when I, when I go into court or whatever, they have the documents, I spell it out, but I make it very clear that this is the name you guys have for me. This is not the name I choose to use voluntarily in society. Um, you can address me how you wish, uh, but if you wish to be, you know, wish to address me with honor, you call me Rich, you call me Rich, Mr. Rich, or you call me Rich E. Rich. Uh, anything else, and you know, then, then I'm under duress at that point because I don't wish to deal with you, and I'm forced to be here. Um, so uh, that's that was my point in bringing up this article, regardless of the reason, transgender or not. If you want to change your name from Heidi to Elliot or vice versa, who gives a shit? It's your name. Change it if you want to and stop asking permission from the state to grant you the right to be called something other than you wish to be called. Um, that's it. I'm over time. That'll do it for me this week. Uh, hopefully we'll see the return of MC next week. Uh, I got to double check with his schedule, 
But other than that, you guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, if you want more show prep and you want to join in on discussion, we do it in the groups, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, and we're firing up the Twitter machines, uh, twitter.com slash theanarchistexp. Uh, and if you want to contribute to the show financially, Patreon is where to do it, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.